0: glad that you're with us today. Thank you for those songs and all that helps us so much as we worship God together. It's good to sing, it's good to be together, and it's good to have folks online today as well. We uh, have a few spots open today because 93 of our kids and sponsors are at at journeyland camp today they'll be back in just a little bit but these are some of our youngest kids first time they've been away from home for many of them and we are first of all we're very thankful for the sponsors that take them because that's a big job but we are also so thankful for their families and for all of you they have a part with that and we pray that this weekend has been wonderful wonderful for them as they start this road into knowing into knowing jesus even better So this is if you we don't always in in at memorial we don't always watch the religious calendar that 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 lots of different religious groups use but you may or may not know that today is called pentecost sunday and you say well you know how do you come up with that well we know from the jewish calendar we know it's they would follow pentecost passover all the holidays according to wherever the The moon was and the sun and different things but we know 50 days ago today was passover and we know that today one of the only holidays that was on a sunday not the only but one of the only in the jewish calendar was pentecost and we know what happened in acts chapters 1 and 2 when literally the holy spirit came upon the apostles in a way that had never been before and you remember that the church started we sometimes call it the birth or the birthday of the church when 3,000 people were baptized that day and this is the this is pentecost today and so obviously that is a day to be so thankful for what god has done what god has continues to do through the sacrifice and the resurrection of jesus what he did did and does through the holy spirit and we are so thankful for that last few weeks we've been talking about different people and changes of how god has changed their lives and Today we're kind of making a shift for a few weeks until we get to a series a little later in the summer. And so the shift that we're making is for a few weeks we're going to look at the book of Numbers. Now some of you are thinking there could not be anything quite as exciting as looking at the book of Numbers. But you'll see some of the things that we're talking about. Today we're thinking about demeaning demands. Yeah, we live in a time of demands, don't we? And, you know, the interesting thing is, well, first of all, there are demands that are important and legitimate demands. I'm not trying to demean any demands that are legitimate. But sometimes when people are making demands, it, will, it seems like almost always. When people are making demands, they are angry. Sometimes they, they hit the, the table whenever they're demanding. It better change or else, and sometimes there's a reason for that. But sometimes when people make demands, they're just kind of out of control. Not always, but often. And sometimes when the whole mob gets together, it gets really crazy. And the things they demand can even be demeaning. And so today we're looking at a time back in Old Testament days when that exact thing happened. You remember that the children of Israel, the Israelites, the, sometimes we call them the Hebrews, that they were in egypt for 400 years as slaves and you remember their lives there were awful and terrible and all they did was make mud bricks and they made it harder and harder for them to to make the bricks that the pharaoh did and their lives were really really terrible and you remember that through those 10 plagues that finally god brought them out and gave them freedom and they crossed the red sea and surely life would be great but as soon as they got out into the desert On their way to the promised land, you know what they did? They did what most people seem to do. They started griping and complaining. And God made them wander around for 40 years until that entire first generation had died before he let the next generation into the promised land. God was really frustrated with his people after all that he had done for them and what he was continuing to do for them. So we get to Numbers chapter 11. I like the second word here, the rabble, meaning the big angry mob. The rabble with them began to crave other food. And again the Israelites started wailing and they said, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish that we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. The manna was like coriander seed and it looked like resin. The people went around gathering it and then ground it in a hand mill or crushed it in a mortar. They cooked it in a pot and they made it into loaves and it tasted something like olive, made with olive oil. And when the dew settled on the camp at night, the manna also came down. This is all kind of interesting how God provided this manna and whatever it was. There's some study we can do, probably more for our Bible study than in a sermon to talk about tamarask trees and how maybe this came from the tamarask trees trees and things blew in the blue in the air toward them and some things we can talk about at another time but god was providing this manna for them now god is already upset with them before this conversation happens and you say well how do you know that well the verses one through three that aren't aren't on your screen god had been so frustrated with them he had burned the area outside of the camp no one was injured but he came down in fire and let them know. And they realized, oh, he's mad. They didn't care he's mad. They didn't care. They didn't care God was angry. So they just say, hey, we don't like what we have. I love, don't love, but find it curious what they say here is, oh, when we were back in Egypt, we ate fish for no cost. Really? You were slaves. You were making bricks in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, at night. You were never sleeping. You, you were owned by someone. No, it was not at no cost. They handed it to you. You Didn't take any money because they owned you. Oh, it was so great back then. We saw the Ramses exhibit. Not well, just this weekend. And in the Ramses exhibit, one thing they talked about was people. The workers would eat garlic, would eat leeks and onions and garlic. And isn't that interesting? That those are three of the foods that they remember from this time period of eating and how wonderful they were. And now they're all upset. They're all upset because, oh, we don't like what we're eating. We don't like what we have. The people insisted on more than God provided. Now, don't tell me that you haven't fallen into this yourself and that those Israelites are just bad people back there in the Old Testament because you know that every one of us are like this, right? How many times have you thought, I don't want to have a sandwich again? Are we having sandwiches again Leftovers, again, all we eat is leftovers. It never starts out whole. It's just always leftovers, right? Some of you have been there, right? And um, all of us have done that sometimes. We all complain, I don't want to eat that again. The only thing I could eat all the time every day is Mexican food. And and I could eat it three times a day. I'd be happy. Matter of fact, in Mexico, they do eat it three times a day. So (laughs) it's okay. We sometimes complain, don't we? Oh, I don't want that. I don't want that in a little bit and in a way we're like the Israelites except usually it's not about food it's about other things because we have more choice most of us do in what we eat it's about other things we complain about right yeah we complain Lord why do those people have a better house than than I have why do they have a, a nicer car than I have Oh, of all the things, and this is what I get? Lord, do you know how hard I work, and do you know how loyal I am to you, and how faithful I am to you? And I go to church, and I read my Bible, and those people don't do any of that, and they just you just keep pouring money to them. Why do they get that and I don't? Probably all of us have felt that way at one time or another about someone that we've known. Why does the boss like them so much and don't like me? I'm the one that's doing my work. I'm the one that never leaves my desk. I'm the one that works through lunch and doesn't go anywhere. And yet the boss gives them the raise and gives them the promotion and not me. We've all been there, right? People insisted on more than God had provided. Well, both the people and Moses cried out. Not just the people, but you are going to see actually Moses the leader in just a minute is going to go to God as well. And God, interestingly, has different responses to the two different groups, to, at least to the Israelites and to Moses. The way he responds to them is very, very different. I think, and I'll just tell you this in the beginning as we go there, it's because of the heart that the two different had. The heart that the Israelites had was one of anger, and the, one that the, the heart that Moses had was, I need a solution. So you'll see that here in just a minute. Numbers chapter 11, verses 10 through 15. Moses heard the people of every family wailing at the entrance to their tents. The Lord became exceedingly angry and Moses was troubled. He asked the Lord. Notice he asked, he does not demand. He asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put this burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant infant, to the land you promised on oath to their ancestors? Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing to me, give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you're going to treat me, Please just go ahead and kill me if I have found favor in your eyes and do not let, my, let me face my own ruin. Moses was frazzled, wasn't he? He's frazzled. Incidentally, when these people are saying, we don't have any meat to eat, we want more meat to eat. If you look back in chapter 10, they had just had meat to eat because they had just celebrated the, the Passover and where they ate lamb back then in, in, in chapter 10. But they want it every day, they want it all the time. You can understand that, probably most of us do too, or want want what we want, at least. And Moses has had it all. Lord, if this is what it is, just take me before I mess this up for myself. Just take me away. This is awful, it's horrible. Please, Lord. He's frazzled. My guess is that some of us are a bit frazzled. We're dealing with kids, we're dealing with parents. Some of us are dealing with kids and parents at the same time. We're dealing with job situations, we're dealing with watching the world news, watching the national news, putting gas in our car, whatever it is. We're dealing with a lot of things. And we're frazzled. We're frazzled like Moses. Now I want you to see what Moses did that's a little different than what the people did. The people went to Moses and complained. Moses goes to God. And we have that avenue to go to God. I've been teaching, or last week taught psalms in my uh, Wednesday night class. One of the interesting things about the psalms is 44% of the psalms are laments. People crying out to God because they're in some kind of distress. Nearly half of them are people saying, God, where are you? God, why am I going through this? God, why am I dealing with this? And that's really what you're getting here from moses it is a lament to god god why is this i'm not these people's mother why are they treating me this way and why do you want me to have them he cries out to god so it's okay to go to god and tell god what you're feeling if you're going to hide those feelings from god you are only fooling yourself because god already knows right so let god know what you're feeling what how you're hurting share those things out loud with god So in Numbers chapter 11, verses 16 and 17, this is an interesting solution that God has. The Lord said to Moses, bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. I will come down and I will speak with you there and I will take some of the power of the spirit that is on you and I'll put it on them. They will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. Well, God provided for Moses. Do you see what God is doing here? Now, I want to say, before we move into all this, Moses has the Spirit. He's going to give the Spirit also to these 70 men. We, through our baptism, have the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? And sometimes, even with the Spirit, life is hard. Let me say, always life is hard. There are always things that are going on that are difficult to deal with. Always, no matter what, never, I haven't been in complete bliss since I was about five years old, and that lasted about ten minutes and somebody stole my toy. You know what I mean? There is always something going on. It's just the way it is, even with the Spirit, but God provided for Moses, and so he says to Moses, you go and find 70 leaders, you men you know you go and find them and I will and share that responsibility with them delegation is important for all leaders delegation is something that all leaders have to think about because we don't lead very well when we do it all by ourselves incidentally some of you know that in the time of Jesus there was what was called the Sanhedrin and the Sanhedrin was made up of 70 men And they were the ones that ruled Israel. Where that came from, that concept came from, was from this very passage of Scripture. That's why they had 70, where they came up with that number. And it was God's number. Seven is a perfect number, and seven times ten, I guess, however God decides that it needs to be 70. These are not the same ones that Jethro, his father-in-law, told him to get, because that was a whole different number of men that, that he needed to have. But here he says, you share it with others you realize how helpful it's going to be to Moses to be able to share this have you ever been in one of those places maybe some of you are maybe you deal in customer service maybe maybe you're a parent or whatever it is that you hear continual griping everywhere you go you know what I'm talking about everywhere you go you hear it you get it from this side and that side up there down there wherever everywhere and it drives you crazy to the point that you are not making good decisions anymore and that is what Moses is saying. Lord, help me out. Let me die before I ruin myself. Help me, Lord, because this is ridiculous. That he and he's feeling the stress and God says, "Sure, I understand. I'll give you the 70 men to help you." This will help him not only to get rid of stress, it'll help him to be a more effective leader. He'll be more effective when he has less. You know, there's a one of my my good friends says used to say to me he used to say you know every time you go out of town you come back and you preach better and so then i realized he was wanting me to go out of town like three weeks a a month you know so just every once in a while preach but it's that idea of resting when you rest you do better mentally and sometimes physically than if you didn't rest at all that's so hard for me though i don't like to do that my mind is always working on something There's also something very important here about empowerment. You realize Moses is going to empower 70 leaders at another time throughout his life. Moses was empowering Joshua. Moses won't go into the promised land, but Joshua, the one that is empowered, empowered by God, but also by Moses, will be the one that leads the people into the promised land. God is giving these 70 men empowerment through, or Moses is, through God. And now they will be great leaders. It's the same thing for any type of organization, for your business or group or whatever it is, but also for the church. And I thank God that that is one thing that our elders are doing right now, working with their deacons and ministry leaders to do that kind of thing, to empower. It's very important and powerful to do that. I read a quote from Trey Morgan. Some of you know Trey Morgan. He's preached here before. He's known for, his he and his wife, for their marriage seminars. He preaches in a small town, Childress, Texas. But he said this about dying churches this was a quote in a in an article he put together about dying churches if you never hand over the keys to the church until the younger generation do everything exactly like you do you'll never hand over the keys you'll lock up an empty church if you wait until everybody does your job exactly like you do your organization whatever it is a congregation or a business or whatever it will more than likely die because there will never be a time that somebody is exactly who you are so there has to be a point of where we give other people power to move on and that is exactly what God tells Moses to do here now we get to Numbers chapter 11 and we're back to the quail again and we're back to this idea that they want meat so tell the people consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow when you will eat meat the lord heard you when you wailed oh they must have been excited now because demands are going to be met if only he heard when you wailed if only we had meat to eat we were better off in egypt now the lord will give you meat and you will eat it woohoo right you will not eat it for just one day or two days or 5 or 10 or 20 days but a whole month this is incredible right until it comes out of your nostrils and you loathe it because you have rejected the lord who was among you and have wailed before him saying why did we ever leave egypt wow that's a powerful passage you think in the beginning whenever you're israel oh it's gonna be good we're gonna have meat every day oh yeah 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 and god says until it comes out your nose And what you find out later on in the chapter is some of them are going to die eating. Because God is offended by the demands. God is offended that they don't remember all the good things that he's done for them and the way that he brought them out of Egypt. He's offended that all they do is whine for more and never are thankful for what was in the past. He's offended by those things everyone wants to be appreciated everyone wants that even god part of what we do whenever we sing praises and whenever we have thanksgiving is to thank god and appreciate god it is a right thing to do sometimes we say well if you that person thinks they need compliments or whatever well It is the right thing to do to compliment people and appreciate people yes that is a right thing to do and even something that god himself yearns for and so he said no more no more meat for you no more anything for you because you don't appreciate me and even god wants to be appreciated so homework for us this week the question is what can I thank God for today? Because I have so much to thank God for. You say, yeah, I got a lot to complain about, too. Yeah, some of us think that way, don't we? We think about, you know, we complain, you know, maybe some of our trips get messed up. And because, you know, of, of COVID or they get messed up because of war and, and you know, and it kind of impacts our lives and it makes us upset and and. After all, you know how much gas costs and, and, you know, just all these things. We complain all the time, right? Well, we've got a lot to be thankful for. You know, right now I can hear and feel the air conditioning. In Houston, Texas, that is something to be thankful for. You are sitting on padded pews. That is something to be thankful for. I, everybody doesn't have that. There are lights on in here. That is something to be thankful for there are people all around you that believe in jesus just like you do and when you know that there are people in the world who are right now worshiping all by themselves you realize that this is something to be thankful for we all have so much to be thankful for back probably 15 years ago one day one of our members told me about another one of our members who's now moved. They said, hey, you know that guy right there? I said, yeah. He said, do you know he used to play for the Astros? I said, he did? He said, yeah. So I knew his name. I went and looked it up on my phone. You can find out anything fast, right? And he had played for a very short time, for a couple of seasons, maybe 30 games, 20 games or so for the Astros and he played some for the Cardinals. And You all know, if you know me, you know, I like baseball. So I just said, hey, I heard he used to play for the Astros. The worship service was about to start. And he said, yeah, I did, I did. I said, wow, that's great. Service started. He called me the next week, said, I'd like to have lunch with you. I said, sure. So we go out to lunch, and he had another job in in the oil industry that he had had for, for 30 years or maybe even more than that. And he said he was near retirement. He said, you know why I asked you to lunch? I said, no. He said, because no one has talked to me about my baseball career in years, decades maybe. And it felt so good that someone remembered it and said they appreciated it. Wow. Taught me a lot that day about the importance of appreciating people. Got me a free lunch for one thing, right? People need to be appreciated. God needs to be appreciated. God has given us breath. He's given us our eyesight. He's given us our hearing. He's given us the technology that many are watching on right now. We have so much to be thankful for in this world that's full of so much chaos. We, of all people, ought to be the people who are showing others what it is to be truly thankful to God for our blessings. Maybe you're ready to be baptized today. Remember, back on Pentecost, 3,000 people were baptized. The anniversary of that 3,000 baptisms. This morning at our early service, Nick Spurlock was baptized into Christ. Maybe you're ready for that. Wash away your sins. Give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Make you part of his kingdom. So many blessings. Just do it. Just do it. For others of us, maybe this is a homework day. To go home and think about the things that we're thankful for. Maybe you write in a journal, maybe you put it in your phone, maybe on your laptop. Maybe just tell somebody. This is what I'm thankful for. Or you tell other people, I'm thankful for you because. Let's put God first and let's give God honor and thank God for what he's doing. Come as we stand and sing.